Coming to you live from a barbecue shack near you, it's the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. We've got the sweet tea, the white bread, and a whole lot of slow smoke takes lined up. So put down your turkey burger, turn up the volume, and grab your hog, because it's about to be on. Oh, yeah. Now, say hello to your self-proclaimed food and sports experts, the utterly enthusiastic Holt Smash, and the one and only Tinder King of Memphis, Mr. JB the underscore Brooks. And now, here's your host, always full of ship, Alex Bullship One. Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. Got my boys, Holt Smash and J.B. Brooks on the line. What's up, Holt? Alex, what's up, man? Doing all right. You do sound like J.B. J.B., you out there? Yeah, I'm here today. Um, can't wait to uh, talk about this uh, LSU Tigers team. Oh, we got Coach O. Coach O out there. Coach O, what's up? Good to hear you. Good to hear your voice. And uh, I can actually understand you, too. So, shout out to you. Thank you very much. Uh, go Tigers. <laughs> go Tigers. Um, so, LSU football. Lots of lots going on this year. Um, lost some good players from the year before. Devin, Devin White, Greedy Williams. Uh, still got Joe Burrow, though. Maybe he can take them through to the promised land. Uh, but their defense hold is supposed to be better than last year, despite losing Devin White and Greedy Williams. How can that be? Well, I'm mean, when recruit like LSU does, got more guys coming in. You know, Grant Delpit is a preseason American, probably going to be one of the best players in the country. And um, Christian Fulton, sorry, I, t- I, I knew his last name, but I totally forgot his first name there for a second. I apologize. Christian Fulton, a uh, really good player as well. Um, and as I stated on um, previous podcasts, another preview, they got uh, Clavon Chase on back this year. Um, Ooh, we'll say, we'll say that one again. Last year. You got to say that one again, Holt. Clavon Chase on. Is that, does that compete with Keyshawn Vaughn's name? It's pretty close. I was, like, just thinking that. I'm like, those are two cool-ass names. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I wish my name was that cool. Like, I, I feel like Holt's a pretty cool name, but, like, Clavon Chase on and Keyshawn Vaughn, like, those are just cool, two cool-ass names. They are, they are, and good for the good thing for both of them is that they both are really good at football too. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I feel like anytime you have an awesome name, you have to be good at football. Like that's just yeah. That's one. The question, the question is, what comes first? Are you good at football, and then like you just happen to be named Keyshawn Bond, or are you named Keyshawn Bond, no. and then you're no. like, I'm good at football? Yeah, I think it's the other way around. Then you get named first, and then like once you have that name, they're just kind of like this, like. Uh, this aura around you that kind of develops and like, you know, it's like everyone like remembers your name and everyone knows who you are and like you kind of, and then that just kind of turns you into like a, a great football player in my opinion. Coach O, are you still out there or did you bring Mr. J.B. Brooks back? Uh, Coach O had to uh, go make some uh, crawfish etouffee, so he's going to be out for the rest of the show. Mm. But uh, Mr. J.B. underscore Brooks. 
Oh, nice, nice to hear your voice too. I, I do like Coach O's voice a little bit better, but I guess we'll have to put up with yours for another forty-five minutes. Yeah, uh, Coach O was giving JB some, uh, or he was actually taking some Tinder advice from JB. Um, he wanted to know what it took to uh, to hook up with some girls on Tinder in Memphis, so he was asking the, the king. Well, it shouldn't. I mean, I think Mr. JB Brooks is completely out of the market for for that now, but. You can't you can't give him everything, JB. You got you got to leave him. You know you still got to keep your upper hand a little bit. He's kind of like uh, like Mr. Miyagi. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of past his prime and like his days are over. But that doesn't mean he can't still mentor some uh, some younger, uh, you know, some some younger, more inexperienced people in the uh, was, in the ticket. It would just be an experience at this point because Coach O's definitely got him on age. But um, I see where you're going. JB's a pay it forward guy. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to Tinder experience, I mean, it's just not a debate. Yeah. The only question I have for you, JB, actually, I have a lot of questions for you, of course, because this is quite the podcast where we ask all about LSU or talk about LSU. The only question I have and the most important question I have for you about LSU football is can they beat Alabama this year? Um, yeah, they have, absolutely have the potential. But, you know, it's one of those I'll believe it when I see it because uh, the first thing LSU needs to do is for some points against Alabama, and then what? Then they need to worry about beating them. Holt, was there anything more disappointing than watching that LSU Alabama game last year? All three of us together. Uh, no, not really. It was uh, it's pretty boring. Um, it's kind of sad when the highlight of the game was LSU getting like one stop early in the game. Because nah, it was, was the first time that Alabama like didn't score on the first drive like all season. I had to. I, I would have to disagree. The highlight of that game was the LSU stare girl. Yeah, definitely. Uh, she was probably the highlight of the game. We got a whole new meme uh, created from that. She definitely took over the the show. We need to get her on the show, but um, I think I don't think she follows us back yet. But uh, we're 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 just uh, we're putting her on notice that we notice her. Definitely, yes. Yeah. So I would love to get her on the show. Just you know, just talk about the backstory about that uh, meme and how it took off. And I, I mean, she became famous just from that one look. You know, five seconds that CBS zoomed in on her. Yeah, I've done some uh, I've done I've done some tr- Twitter creeping after the fact, and like now, like I think fifty percent of her tweets have her meme in it. Like she just has it for everything now, so it's kind of getting a little overplayed. But I guess if I was that famous, I might play it out like that too. So, Alex, I have a trivia question for you. Um, what's your over under on how many points you think LSU has scored on Alabama the last? five years just give me your, your or just give me your best guess on how many points you think LSU has scored on Alabama in the last five years five years 10 would be 50 20 would be 100 um so I would say somewhere in between there I would say like 85 maybe no no I'm gonna say less than that I'm gonna say 75 so in the last five years just so I make sure that I asked that question right so in the last five years you think LSU has scored 75 points on Alabama Yes, I feel like now the way you're you're questioning it, it sounds like it's gonna be like twenty five. But go ahead. All right. Well, I want to ask JB as well. JB, what what is your best guess? Do you know? Already know the answer to this? In the last five years, I'm gonna say it's definitely under fifty. I'm gonna go with um, thirty one. The correct answer would be thirty nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the last five years, well, if you consider the fact they were shut out twice, uh, that may actually not seem as bad. Um, so yes, in the in the, the last three years they've only scored ten points because they've been shut out twice in the last 
uh, in the last three uh, appearances against the Tide. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the biggest question mark. I know, you know, that's kind of the hump that LSU can't really get over, even when they've had those good years, is they just can't score on Alabama. I mean, Alabama just hasn't figured out on offense. They can't – they have great receivers. They've had so many good receivers. It's just, for whatever reason, they just can't put it together when they play Alabama. They just go into a shell, and Alabama's defense just dominates. Do you think anything is more important to them this year besides that Alabama game? Some, sometimes I think they – they don't even care if they lose two games in the regular season and not make it to the SEC championship as long as they beat Alabama. I feel like the Alabama game is so much more important than everything else right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I just feel like that's that's always number one. And obviously the whole backstory with Nick Saban, you know, used to coaching there and all that stuff. You know, I mean, and plus the fact that LSU doesn't really have like another like natural rival, I guess. I mean, they're trying to make Texas A&M a rivalry. Florida's um, Sort of a robbery. Ole Miss is kind of a robbery, but like Alabama is, is like the you know the one team that they hate the most, and um, that's just always the game they look forward to. And they recruit so well, and they have such a great atmosphere and all these things. You think that they, you know, should be beating them a little bit more regularly. I mean, even Auburn has been able to beat uh, Alabama like a few times in the last few years. You know what I mean? Like they've still had like those years here and there where they're able to beat Alabama, but. Ever since that game in 2011, uh, you know, they won the 6-3 to three game in overtime of 9-6. to six. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think they've beaten Alabama since then. You know, that was one of the best defensive games ever. And some people might not like it, but I love that game. That was probably one of my favorite games, even though scoring was such a premium at that game. Yeah, when you look at that, when you look at that game, like the amount of pro bowlers on both sides of the ball, especially on defense, is unprecedented. Like, that game was loaded with future NFL talent. For sure. But a um, couple more questions for you before we get more into uh, LSU football. Um, I'll ask you, Holt, what's the last Louisiana-type food you've had to eat? Has it been gumbo, crawfish, you know, red beans and rice, anything, jambalaya? Probably red beans and rice is the one I eat like the most frequently. So that's probably the one I've eaten the most recently. I'm also a huge fan of uh, crawfish, um, especially like a crawfish po' boy. Um, I've had gumbo before, but not like, like probably like what Louisiana people would consider like great gumbo. Um, Your red beans, but, yeah. I, I know Louisiana is known for their food, and I'm definitely a big fan of any kind of like Cajun seasoning. I Tell definitely me. put like, Cajun seasoning on like pretty much everything. I made some uh, pasta the other night with some Tony's seasoning on it. Make a little Cajun spice. Um, red beans and rice. Are you counting your, your Zatarans uh, that you pick up in the store and make it in the pot? No, I mean, it's usually like I'll get it at a restaurant or I'll get it, um, you know, just, you know, like my mom cooks it a lot. Like when I visit her, she likes to make red beans and rice a lot. Um, she's She's from Mississippi, but she's from not too far from Louisiana, so I feel like She's kind of got like, you know, maybe not like completely authentic, but like pretty close. Yeah. Uh, JB, you can't really eat seafood, I, don't, I think. I don't know if you can eat shrimp or crawfish. I'm assuming you can't. But what's what kind of Louisiana food have you had? Have you Are you counting your, uh, your Popeyes that you've had re- recently that's Louisiana fresh? No, that's definitely not. Um, the most recent. Uh, Louisiana dish I've had is um, chicken and sausage gumbo, and that's 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 a very solid option with no seafood, which 
of course, I'm allergic to seafood. So, yeah, I can't eat seafood. So, chicken and sausage gumbo is a good go-to for me. Chicken and sausage gumbo from where? I had it at Bayou. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, solid choice. Um, yeah, I do like Louisiana food. Uh, another question for both of y'all. You don't have to answer at the same time, but one of you decide who who's going to answer. Is it Louisiana or is it Louisiana? JB just uh, sparked that question for me. Louisiana. Some people say lose. Have you, if you heard of the, um, you're gonna play fit on. Man, they say Louisiana man, not Louisiana man. I say Louisiana. Yeah, it might be like one of those like things. If you if you ever meet somebody from Louisville, they get they get pissed off if you don't say it right. Like you can't say Louis, you gotta go Louisville or something like that. I don't know. It's kind of like say like you know Vol or Ville at the very end. You know. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, just different draws in the South. Yeah, but we're going to talk about some LSU football now. Um, so we got our food fix uh, a little bit. I, I do want to go to New Orleans. Uh, I think that is a bucket list for the SEC Slow Smoked. Uh, maybe this year, maybe later on, but I kind of want to go to New Orleans outside of LSU football, but I do want to go to Baton Rouge for a game and maybe stay in New Orleans. Um, a lot of good games this year. We'll see. Um so defense is supposed to get better, even though they lost Gertie Williams, Devin White, because Holt's saying they recruit really well, which is no surprise. State of Louisiana has a lot of talent, and they usually stay home or are very loyal to LSU. Then they have like a top five class somewhere around there. Um, but another point I want to add to that, Holt, is how much does the injury factor from last year play into their defense improving this year? Well, I mean, that's what I was getting at um, before we got distracted by uh, how cool of a name Clavon Chason is. Sure. You know, they really they really had to uh, rely a lot on the blitz last year. And um, I really think that having him back this year, they're going to be able to get more pressure with sending four guys, which is going to, you know, allow them to play more coverage and get more interceptions. Um, so I actually think that their defense is a chance to take a really big step forward just because of him. I know they lose Devin White, um, and he was a great player for them. But having that edge rusher is so huge um, in today's college football, being able to get after the quarterback, you know, just forcing to make quick decisions. And, you know, nobody's getting open quick against that LSU secondary. So, you know, they can get like some more strip sacks, some more interceptions and uh, set up their offense better and a good, you know, good field position. What about my boy Grant Delpit, the, the surprise player of the year? Yeah. Yeah, the uh, this the breakout player of the year that you went so far out on that limb for. Um, yeah, for for those of you who don't know, I guess about like I don't know one of the off season podcasts. I was just I think we were talking about basketball, and you guys just like did not want to talk about football at all. But I like I made us talk about football just because I know we have some people out there who are like me and just don't care at all about basketball. And I was asking like, hey, like who are some breakout players this year in the SEC? Like some guys who like you know you think could really come out of nowhere and like be a great player and Alex is Grant Delpit who like was an all American last year and like, <laughs> it's, like it's like I don't, I don't know if that's that really my, counts but okay that's that's my guy I like I like Grant Delpit I mean don't I'm just saying like I think I think he might have a good year this year we'll see though uh JB is LSU the real DBU uh, I would say so, yeah. I mean, I think when you look at LSU's history in the last 10, 15 years, uh, they are the best defense, the NFL factory for defensive backs. Uh, Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew, 
the two gold standards to me when you look at it. Uh, last year, Greedy Williams being drafted. Um, Morris Claiborne, there's a lot. Morris Claiborne, yeah, another lockdown corner. I mean, they're, they're the gold standard. I mean, to me, LSU is the gold standard for defensive backs, not just in the SEC, but the entire country. Jamal Adams, y'all remember him? Jamal Adams. Yeah, that's, that's the guy I tweeted out, actually, was Jamal Adams. It's, it's really and, uh, fun, fun fact, uh, but me and Tyron Matthew were born on the same day. So Whoa. there you go. Whoa. Man, big things. May 13th, 1992. Shout out. Big things happening on that day. Um, yeah, so it's funny. I was looking that up and, uh, just about like the DBU and I was looking at LSU's draft history and it's literally like every single draft from last year all the way to like 2003 or four or whatever. There's like a defensive back taken, not in the first round, but at least in the draft every single year there there's, they have defensive backs getting drafted every year, which I maybe not seem like a lot, but I think that's actually is kind of a big deal to have defensive back drafted every single year. I mean, you have years where there's really good ones like Morris Claiborne and, um, Tyron Matthew, although he didn't get really drafted, I don't think he had like the supplemental draft, but um, but still, there's it's pretty pretty cool or amazing to have that many defensive backs picked. Other other nominees, JB would be Florida. Um, some people you could even argue Alabama and SEC outside of the SEC. JB, who could you argue? Because I, I know who the argument is when I looked it up. But I want to know if you know it. I'm sure Holt does actually too. For DBU outside the SEC. I yeah. would guess Ohio State, but I really that would have been my guess. But yeah, Ohio State was listed, Florida State and Texas were the big three. Yeah, well, I know that. Yeah, I know Ohio State has had a bunch recently. Yeah, but um, we should. Um, I'm trying to get that uh, retreat your favorite thing going again for different. Uh, I guess different things besides the stadiums. Cause I can't do the stadium thing again, so I was trying to think up that something that's kind of contentious like that. Um, I think actually might might be go might be better if we do it for for an SEC team versus like a non SEC team. Like if we did a Florida versus Florida State, obviously Florida would win that or it should for us, but we'll we'll see. Um, but LSU is the re- real DBU consensus uh, on the SEC slow smoke. I'm assuming you agree with us, Holt. Yes, I do agree. Okay, cool. Got, glad we got that covered. Um, the other question I have for you, Holt is is Joe Burrow the quarterback of the future for LSU? As in, like, I think he actually – does he have two more years or is this his last year? Uh, he is a senior this year, and if, if by quarterback of the future you mean he will be the quarterback this year, then, yes, I do think that he will be the quarterback <laughs> of the future. I, no, I guess let – me, let me rephrase that. What I really meant is can he be the quarterback to lead them to – beat Alabama and win the SEC championship. Do you think there's going to be improvement year over year for Joe Burrow, or do you think what we saw last year is probably what we're going to get for Joe Burrow? Well, what I'll say is, I mean, I do think that there's room for improvement there. He does strike me as the kind of guy who's probably been working really hard this offseason to improve. Um, I think he's a really good leader. I think his team rallies around him. And, you know, as you saw in that Georgia game last year, when he had that long run, he's got some athleticism. You know, he's not just a – you know, drop back game manager quarterback. I mean, he can make some plays with his legs. And if you remember that Auburn game last year, he made a lot of plays on third down in that game. They were just really critical plays. So he's definitely a guy who can, you know, when the game's online, he can make a play. Um, I don't know if he's consistent enough over the course of an entire game to pull an upset against Alabama just because, I mean, Alabama's defense is always so good. And not to mention how good their offense is. I mean, if they're going to beat 
Alabama this year. I think they're going to need their defense to play a great game, and they're going to need Joe Burrow to, you know, protect the ball and to, you know, I mean, obviously he's going to have to make some plays, but I like I don't think he's going to come out and play a huge game and like outscore to it in like a high scoring game. If that makes sense, I think like I think it's possible that he could get them the win, but I think it's going to have to come more from their defense if they're going to do that this year. I'll stay with you, Holt, because I feel like you have a little bit uh, inside knowledge or special special attention you paid special attention you paid to their quarterback situation with Joe Burrow and their backup Miles Brennan, who was I think I don't think he's a five star, I think he's a four star, but he is from um, basically the Gulf Coast. From I think he's from Mississippi, and you you were telling me about how um, Mississippi State got a Louisiana quarterback that was basically the same ranking as um, Miles Brennan and Miles Brennan got or went to LSU. Basically a Mississippi quarterback went to LSU and a Louisiana quarterback went to Mississippi State just because they fit their systems better. Like the, um, I don't know, was it Damian Williams? Damian, I was, no, it was uh, Keaton Thompson. Who's Damian Williams? I always say Damian Williams. Is that the running back? Damian Williams was also a Louisiana quarterback that played at Mississippi State for a little while. He was a backup uh, behind Dak Prescott, and then he ended up losing the job to Nick Fitzgerald and transferred to Texas State. So there's your your update on former Mississippi State quarterbacks. But, uh, no, I, that is what happened. You know, Keaton Thompson was like a four-star quarterback um, that LSU didn't recruit like super hard because he didn't really fit their system. And Colt Brennan was a four-star from the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Miles Brennan. That, uh, the, the Mississippi or, yeah, Miles Brennan, excuse me. All right. Um, not the former Hawaii quarterback. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, you know what's funny is, like, when you were talking, I knew I was going to accidentally say Cole Brennan, like, literally <laughs> since I started talking. But uh, anyway, but, yeah, so he goes to LSU, you know, because obviously Dan Mullen does not recruit, uh, you know, white quarterbacks. So uh, <laughs> that uh, that didn't pan out. And uh, he went over to LSU, which is, you know, probably closer to home for him than Starville. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure how hard Ole Miss recruited him or, or what the situation was there, but definitely felt at home at LSU and, you know, got a chance to play a little bit as a freshman. And, uh, you know, obviously it's sitting behind Burrow this year. But, you know, I think he still could still be the quarterback of the future. I think he's definitely got a lot of arm talent. Um, I just think, you know, the question on him earlier was he just had to put weight on. You know, he's just a skinny, tall, skinny guy with a big arm. And, you know, sometimes those guys turn into, you know, really good players, and sometimes they don't, you know. Like, I remember A.J. McCarron was, like, 150 pounds as a senior in high school, went on a bunch of weight and become a really good player. So, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, he wasn't really ready to play as a true freshman. I feel like he shouldn't be judged off of that. But I still think that Cole Brennan could have a, a decent career there um, once uh, Joe Burrow moves on. Miles Brennan again. Oh, yeah, Dude, uh, I will never call not call him Cole Brennan. Like I promise. Like no <laughs> why. Like it, that's just like stuck in my head. Like I cannot. Like I can sit here and like coach myself like all day, but I'll <laughs> never not call him Cole Brennan. A uh, couple of follow ups there. Holds uh, size. He does have great size and that he's tall and lanky at six five, but he is again very skinny at one hundred eighty three pounds, and that's what they have him listed right now. Uh, I'm sure he's gained a little bit of weight in the off season. So whenever that update comes through um i'm sure he'll be closer to 200 pounds but that is very very small i'm assuming he does have a good arm with that size um but what i remember if i remember correctly i think last year 
before Joe Burrow got the job and is I don't know if he's really taken off, but I think LSU fans kind of respect him and like him a lot now, uh, especially after the Central Florida game when he went down and came back and played strong after that and after that big hit. Um, a lot of LSU fans wanted Miles Brennan to start because they thought he had more potential than Joe Burrow. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, I, Joe Burrow definitely proved a lot of people wrong last year. Um, his JB throws his phone across the room. And uh, so we just – it's just been, you know, I mean, obviously, like, it's a tough situation because, like, you feel like you're the starter and, you know, everybody, you feel like it's your job and then they bring in somebody else. But, I mean, he just strikes me as the kind of guy who's just going to, like, you know, keep working hard. And I feel like Ed Orgeron has, like, a good handle on the situation. And, you know, I think Miles Brennan is going to do, the, you know, all the things he needs to do to uh, be ready if his number's called this year. JB, why hasn't Dave Aranda left LSU for a head coaching job yet? I think Randa is just, you know, biding his time. I mean, he, I mean, part of me thinks that he does want to be head coach eventually, but I think he's just going to wait for the uh, right position and so open up. I don't think he's just going to take any just, you know, non-Power 5 job. I think ultimately he wants a Power 5 job, and I think he's just going to be patient until the right one comes along that he feels like is suitable and a good fit for him. He is the – I don't know for sure, but I think he's one of, if not the highest – paid coordinators right now. I think he's getting paid like $2 million a year or something crazy like that. Um, so he has a good gig right now. I mean, he, like if uh, Coach O goes down, he could definitely come in and be the interim coach. And then if Coach O goes down and he's not the interim coach, he'll find a job either as a defensive coordinator or as a head coach somewhere else. So like his his job security right now is pretty pretty stable and healthy. He's not, he's not going to go anywhere. So I understand your point of waiting. I just – I, fig- I figured right now that by now somebody would have offered him a decent head coaching job just because every it's like a consensus that he's the best defensive coordinator in the country almost. I would say consensus at best, but everybody always talks about how great of a coordinator he is. Uh, but I'm just surprised. He's been in LSU for four years now, but hasn't been able – or nobody's offered him, I guess, a good enough coaching job to leave yet. Yeah, well, you kind of look at other guys in SEC that have been, you know – defensive coordinators for more than a few years and, you know, or hotshot coordinators that could have taken smaller jobs and never did. Kirby Smart's one of them. Uh, Will Muschamp's another. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt turned down other jobs. Like, all three of those guys have turned down jobs in the past because they wanted to, you know, wait and see for a better job to come open. And to me, Randa's, you know, fits along, is along that same group, another elite defensive coordinator that's just biding his time for the right situation to come open. Do you like Dave Aranda as a head coach? Maybe I mean that's I guess that's a hard question for right now. But do you see a lot of potential for him to be a head coach or like a good head coach at least? Absolutely. I mean, Dave Aranda is just a really good leader. Players love playing for him. He's got a really dynamic uh, defensive system. Like it's very hard to scheme against if you're an offensive coordinator. He always has a few tricks up his sleeve, and he's a uh, one of the uh, up and comers for. A few- for a future head coaching position when the time comes. I mean, I think right now he's happy being the defensive coordinator, but he definitely has aspirations to be a head coach. But like I said, he's biding his time for the right situation. Holt, are you nervous about LSU with their preseason ranking number six? Uh, it seems like every time LSU comes in like that top ten around the top five spot, uh, they just don't ever live up to that expectation. Last year, they finished in the top ten but they were preseason like top 25 barely. Um, it just kind of makes me nervous for them to be, have that much hype going into the year. 
Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, honestly, like, Alabama and Clemson are just so far ahead of everybody else. And then, you know, Georgia and Oklahoma and Ohio State, maybe, like, right behind that. They're, like, once you get past, like, that, like, that kind of first slash, like, first and second tier of, like, best teams in college football, like, it really is just kind of, like, at least the last couple of years, it's just been very, like, mediocre. Like, it just feels like the difference between, like, the seventh and eighth best team in the country and, like, the 35th best team in the country just isn't, like, a huge gap. You know what I mean? Like, there's that huge gap between, like, Alabama, Clemson, and then, like, maybe, like, you know, I don't know, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, like I stated. And then there's just, like, a huge drop-off. And then it just feels like that it's kind of just a big, like, you know, it's kind of like a mosh pit after that. Like, I mean, you just don't label all those teams are just so similar. Um, you know, like, I saw uh, – I don't know if you guys know who Brad Edwards is that works for ESPN. He was talking about, like, the ESPN FPI and how, like, this uh, – I'm going off on a t- little bit of a tangent here, and I do apologize, but he was basically saying, that, like, you know, you know how, like, Tennessee's number 15? He was saying that, like, the difference between Tennessee at 15 and Clemson at 1, as far as, like, their rating goes, was as big of a difference between Tennessee at 15 and then, like uh, – like, like, I want to say like Louisville, like seventy-five. It was like the same difference in like t- in like team rating. So I mean, that just goes to show you, like, like once you get past those first couple of teams, like it really is just like a huge drop off. And I just think LSU is probably just like the most respected and the most like proven out of all those teams that are kind of like in that next tier, trying to get up into like that upper echelon of college football teams. Well, somebody. I mean, at the end of the day, somebody has to be in the top ten. So you, <laughs> even if they classifies like what you would consider a top 10 team on a usual year like there still has to be like a you know a number seven team you know what i mean even if they don't feel like they're the no the, they would usually be the seventh best team in the country that kind of like a you know track record oh you're a big proponent of college football chaos would you be okay if lsu ran the table beat alabama and just won it all I mean, I don't know how chaotic that is. I mean, like, I mean, it would be chaotic if they beat Alabama, but That's... what would be chaotic is if, like, they lost, you know, if they, like, lost two games along the way and beat Alabama and, like, knocked Alabama out and then, like, got into the playoff with, like, two losses and then, you know, something crazy like that would happen. You know what I mean? Like, that's more the chaos that I like. My, you know, I, like, LSU going undefeated just doesn't seem, like, super chaotic. I mean, maybe it is just because – you know, of how they've been the last seven, eight years. But, you know, to me, like, like chaotic for an undefeated team would be someone like, you know, someone like Kentucky or, you know, like South Carolina to go undefeated or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, to me, like, that would be a chaotic, but, like, not a team like LSU. I mean, I feel like they're expected to win pretty much every game on their schedule except for Alabama and maybe, like, one other one. Twelve years since they lost one national championship, but they did win that national championship losing two games, so maybe it could happen again which is kind of crazy if you stop to think about it because this was pre-playoff. So they were – I think they were the number two team beating Oklahoma that year um, in the championship game. And they st- – was it Oklahoma or was it – it was Oklahoma. Was that the Oklahoma year? Saban beat Oklahoma. I'm, try- I'm trying to think here for a second. 2007 was Ohio State they beat. Okay. 2004 or five, whatever that was, was Oklahoma. I think it was 03. Yeah, close. Getting there. But um, – it's just it's crazy to me if you think about them getting to basically be the first or second best team on the BCS ranking after losing two games. That is a chaotic year that I guess you would like to see again. Yes. 
<laughs> Indeed. Um, JB, can you tell me about some playmakers on the offensive side, if any such playmakers exist on the offensive side? We talked about their defense being great, but we just only talked about Joe Burrow. The running back's supposed to be kind of kind of good, right? I mean, their running backs are usually pretty good. So, Yeah, um, I like uh, Justin Jefferson. I mean, he was a really solid uh, target for them last year. Uh, Clyde o- Edwards-Hilaire, who got the majority of the carries last year, was a solid back. I think he averaged something like uh, 4.5 yards per carry. What I'm really excited is for John Emery. I think he's going to be a huge showcase in this offense. And, of course, you know, next year they're switching more to an RP-type system. And uh, that's going to be uh, definitely more dynamic offense, I think, for Joe Burrow to work with in that RPO attack. But look for um, guys like uh, Justin Jefferson. Uh, also, uh, Jamar Chase was another key target from last year. Jonathan Giles is another guy that got a lot of targets. So those kind of guys, to me, are going to be ones to watch for next year in LSU's offense. But there's not really one guy that stands out, but they're all solid. Oh, if John Emery was a stock, are you putting all your money in it? Yeah, I mean, I really am. I mean, it's you don't see a ton of, like, freshman running backs come in and be awesome year one. But I just think the situation that he's put in, like, I just feel like they're definitely going to be giving him the ball this year. I mean, obviously, Edwards, Edwards Hilaire is the, the trusted back, the, you know, the veteran – He's played a lot. You know, he had a good season last year. But I think Emory's just on, like, a whole nother level when it comes to talent. And I just think they're going to give him the ball. And I think he's, you know, I don't, I don't know how much, you know, of the offense he's going to be able to pick up. But I, I think he's talented enough to where you may just hand him the ball and just say, like, you know, go. Can y'all help me think of this one out loud here for a second? Uh, there's been a lot of hyped recruits coming in to LSU and just to college football in general. Has there been a more hyped player than Leonard Fournette? Because uh, I remember him being really, really hyped. Yeah, Leonard Fournette was very hyped. And he, you know, if you remember, he didn't have like a huge freshman year. That was the 2014 season when LSU kind of struggled a little bit. You could um, see, you could see he was great though. Like, yeah, yeah, he, I, I it, yeah, but like he just, he never really got going like consistently. I think he had like a huge game against Florida that year, I want to say. Um, but, like, for the most part, he didn't have, like, a huge season. It wasn't until his sophomore year where he really took off and became, you know, like a Heisman candidate and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if I expect Emory to be, like, in the Heisman running or anything like that, but I definitely expect him to be, like, a, a lead back in a, you know, a, an improved offense this season. And I think that they're still – no matter what they say, I do think they're still going to be run first. And I just think he's going to get a lot of carries – He's going to be behind the big offensive line, and I just think he's going to put up some good numbers. Well, uh, it doesn't really matter because Trey Sanders said he was going to win the Heisman this year anyway from Alabama, even though he's going to be probably the second string running back. Yeah. Well, not to talk about Alabama too much, but I don't want to give away their preview too much, but I expect them to run the ball a lot more this year than they did last year. I think uh, that national championship game really ticked off Nick Saban, and I think he really wants to get back to, to being able to, to ground and pound teams uh, late in the game and once they get in the red zone. All right, we're about to get into their schedule, but I want to touch on one more topic here. Jeb, you said they're about to switch to RPO um, system. Why not just get a new, whole new offensive coordinator anyway? Because I think that's one thing people have been talking about LSU anyway, that um, Coach O is just kind of like this uh, offensive coordinator, Steve. You're going to probably say his last name, Insminger, I think is how you say it. Um, they said he's just being very loyal to him, but they need a new offensive coordinator is what most people have said. I've heard, at least. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I do think that RPO is really the uh, the right now in college football. Like, I feel like you always have new trends, like, you know, for offenses that people like to use, like 
about 10 years ago, the spread offense was the really popular trend that everyone wanted to mimic. Uh, now the RPO is the offense that everyone is trying to uh, emulate. And I mean, LSU's definitely got the playmakers. I think, you know, that and the athletes to run the system. And Joe Burrow, to me, he's not a guy that's that strikes you as a guy that's going to win you games, but he also can win because he's a clutch performer. And he's proved that last year that he's clutch. And I think that he's going to run well with this uh, RPO system because he's a really smart quarterback too. But I actually think that LSU's offense will improve from last year. But, you know, I still want to wait and see how it looks on the field. Like, But I think that this offense could be the best offense they've had probably since uh, maybe 2012 when they had Mettenberger as a quarterback. Us hold real quick. Simple question. Do they need a new offensive coordinator hold? Well, I mean, I want to see what they do this year, but I'm not optimistic about, uh, you know, Esminger right now. I mean, when they hired him, I was just kind of like, wow, like what a boring hire. Like, you know, it seems, I mean, Les Miles did the same thing where every year he was like, oh, this is the year that like the offense is really going to open up and like, you know, be more dynamic and it just hasn't gotten there. I mean, yeah, as JB alluded to, they had that one year in 2012 with Mettenberger and, you know, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry where they just, you know, they were able to throw the ball like all over the place. But, you know, other than that, I mean, it's really been kind of the same old story every year. And they've had some talented receivers, as I was saying earlier. I mean, it's not like they lack for talent at the receiver position. Um, That's really never been a problem for them. It's just, it's been the quarterback and it's just been like a lack of imagination on the offensive side. I mean, they just, you know, I feel like they're just a defensive team and they want to win games by pounding the ball and, you know, playing good defense. I am very upset that they misused Malachi Dupree because he was one of the best receivers coming in to college from high school. And you never even knew about him or LSU. Or most people never knew about him because he, they never really gave him the ball. But he had a lot of talent that they just misused. And I don't even know if he's playing in the league still, but he was really good that I missed. We didn't get to see, so I'm, I'm just so upset about that. But maybe they'll, they'll learn from their mistakes with this new RPO that y'all are so optimistic on. Let's get to the schedule, boys. So, uh, first thoughts on the schedule for me. Um, obviously, you find SEC West, so it's not easy there, but non-conference, you have the big game at Texas, and the other games don't look super hard on the surface, but they actually aren't as easy when you look at the details for instance they played georgia southern um to open up the year and georgia southern actually won 11 games last year so not an easy easy win there uh and then utah state won excuse me georgia southern won uh 10 games last year utah state won 11 games last year so pretty good group of five teams they're playing um in the non-conference that really just kind of sucks for you all together because if you beat them you're supposed to beat them if you lose what are you doing losing to them or for instance them losing to like Troy a few years ago but beating Auburn just didn't make sense but it happens with LSU uh so excited to talk about the schedule JB what's their what's their ceiling so they I think the Vegas projected nine wins I think if I'm correct and then uh JB is projecting what well, the over is nine. I think the floor for this team, to me, I don't. I can't see it. Well, I guess you have to say maybe the floor is eight, but I think that's a very, you know, very low floor. I mean, they should definitely win eight games with the schedule. I think the ceiling is eleven. So anywhere, I think nine to ten wins is very reasonable for this team. But I am going with ten wins for this team. But we'll see which two losses I have when we do roll through the schedule in the next 
you know, 20, 30 minutes or so. Oh, most exciting game besides Alabama is what? You know, I think Auburn. Um, I mean, I mean, honestly, you know, Texas is a really – well, I mean, I hate to kind of pick two right there. I mean, I, I guess I'll go with Texas just because they play Auburn every year. I mean, Texas yeah. is just, it's just kind of an exciting game. I think a lot of people are um, high on Texas this year, and a lot of people are not. Like, it's kind of like a, you know, uh, like people are very, I guess, split on what Texas can be this year. Um, so I just think that's kind of an intriguing matchup uh, to see how – LSU looks against kind of a, a Big 12 defense and a team that obviously beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl last year. Uh, Tom Herman has, you know, been recruiting really well. So they, they've definitely got some talent, but they're inexperienced. And it's just kind of a unique matchup, you know what I mean? So I guess I guess I'll go with that one. I would agree with that. I would say Texas, uh, probably for the same reasons that you mentioned. Um, Auburn, they do play every year, which will still be an exciting game. But Texas is supposed to be preseason top 10, I feel like. Or people think they are just because they beat Georgia last year in the bowl game. So we will see how it plays out. All right, let's go through the schedule real quick. Let's start off the year Georgia Southern ESPNU game. Like I said, a sneaky good game. Um, it's at LSU, so they should win by double digits. But I just don't think it's going to be uh, as easy as you would think on paper. Uh, start with you, JB. I'm going to go with you here. Uh, Georgia Southern uh, really uh, surprised a lot of people last year. Uh, they you know, I think they turned their season around by about seven or eight games. Like, from like, I think they won two games in 2017, won 10 last year, as you said. So they were highly improved last year. But I got to go with LSU. LSU just way too talented. I know, I I do respect the Georgia Southern uh, program. I mean, the Eagles are is a great team, but you got to go with LSU. They're just way too talented, and they're at home. It's a season opener. They're going to be hyped up. Georgia Southern is actually a good story all around because they started in FCS um, a while ago, and they, they dominated the FCS before they got to the Sun Belt. And I think they actually had to – I don't think they just came straight to the Sun Belt. I think they were in a different conference before the Sun Belt, but they're uh, slowly, slowly uh, doing well in the Sun Belt. So good for them. Holt, do you want to expand upon what JB said, or are you just going to take the simple W for LSU here? Yeah, I mean, I'll take the simple W. I respect Georgia Southern as a program, but – it's just not going to be a contest and they play LSU in Baton Rouge. Gotcha. All right, Holt, let's start with you then. Uh, Texas, primetime game, uh, ABC uh, at Texas. It's going to be a tough game. Uh, Texas fans think their crowd is really loud, but I think there will be some a uh, little bit of LSU fans there too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, LSU fans travel really well. And, you know, te- we were talking about this for the part. Um, you know, Texas is not like the most incredible home, advantage, home field advantage. Uh, it's kind of known as more of like a wine and cheese crowd, like a, you know, like a rich people party. They don't really get like super rowdy and ratchet like they do in Baton Rouge. So uh, I, I think, I mean, not just for that reason. I mean, obviously, like Texas has lost a lot off their team last year. A lot of people aren't talking about that. I think they returned five stars on, only, or five stars on offense and only three on defense. You know, Sam Elliott, their, their quarterback, is a you know really exciting player. He is a playmaker, but. I just think against this secondary, you know, obviously they lose, uh, you know, Lil, Lil Jordan, uh, was it Humphrey? Yeah. Lil Jordan Humphrey from last year's team. Who, guy. Um, so they lose him. And uh, going up against the secondary, it's going to be, you know, really tough. I think uh, our boy Clavon is going to be all up in his grill. And, uh, you know, I just think LSU's got way more experience. I think they're going to be ready to play this game. And I think Texas is a little overhyped going into the season. I think LSU is going to uh, actually beat them pretty easily. 
JB, what you got? Well, I am not buying Texas all this year. I mean, they've lost way too many guys from last year's team. Like Holt said, uh, they they only have three starters back on defense, five on offense. Uh, LSU, when you look at them, they've got seven starters back on offense, eight on defense. Uh, you can almost count ten starters back on defense. If but uh, guys that started last year that may not be even be expected to start this year. So LSU's got way more guys returning. Uh, they both had the same records last year. Uh, that not that that's really relevant, but. I might be a little biased, but LSU to me, like they always seem to play really well in non-conference games and against major opponents like last year against Miami is one of them to think of, and uh, of course UCF last year. But so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with LSU here. I think they go into Austin and they take care of business. I'll agree with both of you. Um, not that it matters, but I'll say LSU's gonna win as well. I would like to add a couple things here. Um, First is that people remember how Texas finished the year beating Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Um, but people probably also don't remember that Texas started off the year last year losing to Maryland. And people were wondering about Tom Herman at the very beginning of the year last year before they beat Georgia and finished inside the top 10. So um, not a great start last year. Uh, great finish, but not a great start. And also the other thing that's kind of contradicting to what I just said is that Tom Herman – the way I know him as is he wins the big games, but loses the games he shouldn't. shouldn't. Yeah, and that's the one thing that gives me kind of pause on this is Tom Herman does always find a way to win those big games. You know what I mean? This is going to be a big game. It's going to be a national stage. Um, you know, uh, we're not going to have the excuse that they didn't care about this game, you know, like we did in the Sugar Bowl, I guess. Um, you know, because obviously, you know, maybe Georgia didn't really want to be there and all that stuff, but um, you know, I think this is definitely going to be like a you know one of those big games for Tom Herman, and he plays his teams play so well in big games. Yeah, so that's consensus two and zero for us for LSU. We'll make it three and zero because it's Northwestern State, not Northwestern. I had I, I will have to admit I did have to double check to make sure that was the school, not the school in Chicago. It is the school in Louisiana, the FCS school. Uh, so we'll just we'll skip that one and say it's going to be easy W there. Um, then they play Vanderbilt in Nashville. Uh, we can talk about this for a second, but I have a feeling everyone's going to say LSU pretty easy win here. I'll start with you, Holt. Yeah, I believe this is uh, Ed Orgeron's mm-hmm. alma mater, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so, uh, kind of a sentimental game for him, but uh, I don't think they, you know, I think it's going to be a big game for them, but I don't think they have what it takes to beat LSU. I do like when uh, – away teams take over the home crowd. I think that's fine. I don't know if that'll happen here in uh, Nashville, but it could because Nashville is a fun place to go, so it could, but um, we'll see. JB, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, LSU, you know, they never get to play Vanderbilt in Nashville. I think a lot of LSU fans are going to be making the trip to Nashville, and just like you said, it seems like, you know, the away team that plays in Nashville always for the crowd. I got to go with LSU here. They're way too talented. Uh, they're going to roll through this game, I think, and they'll be 4 0. Yeah, Alex, I thought you were talking about Northwestern State. I didn't realize you totally like, skipped over them. But yeah, I think they're going to be Vanderbilt, too. Okay, cool. Well, who, who's who's your guy at LSU again, Holt, that you like saying his name? Clavon Chase on taking on old Keyshawn Vaughn in this one. It's going to be a that's good what, matchup. That, that's exactly what I wanted you to sum up because that'll be like the um, game of the week for us just because of the names by itself. Yeah, I just appreciate it. I just appreciate a good solid American name. Yeah, for real, for real. Not not something born like JB or Alex, and that for that matter. 
Holt, Holt though, man, that's that's up there with Keyshawn and Clayshawn or whatever. All right, let's let's move on here to Utah State and at LSU. Like I said, not an easy game or not as easy as you would think because um, Utah State did win eleven games last year. Um, but not sure how many guys they lost last year. I should probably look up look that up, but. I think this should be an easy win for LSU or, easy, or a win for LSU. But, again, LSU does lose to teams like Troy. So, that might make you second-guess your easy win thought. Start with you, Holt. Yeah, uh, this should be a really good game. Um, you know, I really don't know what else to say. I mean, it's it's a big game, and uh, I like LSU in this one. All right. JB, you want to skip it? Yeah, go ahead, skip it. Give the LSU the W. Let's move on to the next one, which is a way bigger game. On did, the did you know that Dave Miranda used to coach at Utah State, Alex? I did not know. I did. I did. Uh, I was scouring his Wikipedia page to look at his bio, but there's like a hundred schools on that bio, so it's kind of hard to keep all of them straight. Oh, uh, he he was the defensive coordinator at Utah State uh, before he went to Wisconsin, and then he went from Wisconsin to LSU. So two jobs um, ago, Utah State. So he's going to coach Utah State is what you're saying? No, I don't think so. I think, like JB said, I think he's kind of like in that Brent Venables mold where, like, he may go to be a head coach, but it's not going to it's not going to be somewhere like a startup program. He wants He's going to wait until he gets an opportunity at a big-time program where he can win a national championship, in my, in my opinion. Not to get too off topic, but would you rather have Dave Aranda or Brent Venables as the defensive coordinator? As a, as a defensive coordinator, I'd rather have Aranda. Is a head coach, I think Venables might be better just because the thing's got a little bit more personality. Like, I really like uh, Dave Aranda, but, you know, you don't really see a lot of emotion out of him. He's just very, like – I mean, I guess that could be a good thing for a head coach, but I feel like for a head coach, you got to have a little bit of personality to kind of get, like, you know, get the fan relations up and, you know, get the boosters excited and stuff like that. I'm, I'm going to have to disagree. I do like Venables as a defensive coordinator better than Aranda, but – um, they're both great defense coordinators. Moving on, uh, Florida, the big robbery game, Holt, uh, as you like to call it, uh, still at LSU though. So I, I don't know. Florida's Florida's could uh, mess around and beat LSU here though. Um, JB, you know Florida better than us, uh, or you know about losing to Florida better than us. What's what's up with this game, JB? Well, this will be Florida's first trip to Baton Rouge in three years. Uh, the last two seasons, they played the game in Gainesville because you can thank uh, Hurricane Matthew for that. Uh, the last time that Florida played in Baton Rouge in 2016, uh, LSU was driving down the field, and they got stopped on the goal line stand in the game. I think on three straight plays, LSU was at the one-yard line, and, and Florida's got stopped three consecutive plays to win the game. That's one of the all-time great stops that I can think of in the SEC in the last five, ten years. And also, uh, you know, LSU went into uh, Gainesville last year and was pretty much in control, I would say, most of the game. But then Florida started uh, playing some really good ball in the fourth quarter, made a few plays, and were able to come away with a victory, a, a kind of a somewhat upset victory uh, last year in Gainesville. But I think this year LSU is going to be really focused on I think they really have circled. I know everyone says Alabama's a game they have circled. Uh, Florida's another one they have circled. I think they're with Florida at home. For the first time in three years, I like LSU in this one, and they're going to stay undefeated. Oh, this should be a college game day game, right? Um, it definitely could be. Um, I definitely am not – like, I'm high on Florida this year, but when we did their preview, I had them going like eight and four. So, like, I think maybe – I don't like them as much as everybody else does. 
Uh, I like I think Dan Mullen's a better coach than Ed Orgeron, and uh, you know he always coaches well against LSU. Um, obviously, he's played them every year for like the last 10, 11 years, and he usually has a good game plan, um, and they usually are able to play pretty well. And the other thing too is that uh, LSU actually has this game scheduled as their homecoming. They could have done it the week before against Utah State, but they did it against Florida. I guess just as like a, you know a di- to play the disrespect card. Um, so I definitely think Florida's going to come into this game excited. I think both defenses are going to play great in this game, and it's really just going to come down to which quarterback can make plays. I mean, obviously you got you know we're not super high on either one of these quarterbacks between Franks and Burrow. You know, uh, Franks does it a little bit more with like some just natural arm talent and size. And Bro does it a little bit more with moxie and leadership, in my opinion. And uh, since they're at home, I'm definitely uh, going to lean towards LSU in this one to get the win. Uh, I think this game could really go either way. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Florida won this game. But I'm going to go with LSU just because I just I like them a little bit more overall as a team. I think they got a little bit more talent. At this point of the year, they'd be, what, I think 6-0. and And uh, they would have at least two top, top 25 wins in Texas and probably Florida. Would they – I don't think they would overtake take Clemson, Alabama, number one, number two, but where would they be? Would they be, like, number three? Because I don't know how pollsters think about it whenever they're ranking teams. If they cons- I feel like a lot of people don't even consider, like, the teams they play because they have this preconceived notion already that Alabama and Clemson are better. So I just think even if uh, even if uh, LSU beats, like, Ohio State, I feel like they still probably wouldn't rank them over Clemson or Alabama. Yeah, I don't think any of the teams uh, that you just mentioned are going to drop from where they are unless they lose. I mean, honestly, like, I think Clemson and Alabama could both look really bad, and LSU could dominate, like, those first, you know, was what are we at, six games now? Yeah. And I still don't think it would matter. I still think Alabama would be ranked ahead of LSU, even if they didn't look great, um, just because that's how much respect people have for them. I don't think that they're going to be able to jump Alabama or Clemson until one of those teams loses a game. Yeah. And honestly, Georgia, too. Like, I feel the same about Georgia. I don't think they jump Georgia either until Georgia loses the game. Yeah. We'll see, though. We'll see. All right, hold. Next game up, Mississippi State, the big rivalry game. Um, I, was, I guess I'll stay with you, Holt, because you're you're the, the Mississippi insider. Um, does Mississippi State or Ole Miss hate LSU more? I mean, that's a tough question. I mean, I definitely think Ole Miss fans probably do. Um you know, I mean, especially, like, the older Ole Miss fans that are old enough to remember, you know, when that was, like, a huge robbery game. I think, like, Mississippi State fans, it's more just, like, I don't know. Like, every time – and it's kind of the same thing with Auburn as well. It's just kind of, like, how can these teams, like, not get out of their own way? You know what I mean? Like, how can LSU be, like, one of the best jobs in the country and hire Ed Orgeron? And, like, how can Auburn go five years without drafting a first round – or without having a first-round draft pick and stuff like that? And you're just, like – like, how can these te- – like, if you're a Mississippi State fan, you just look at these teams, you're like, they have everything. Like, everything is given to them. They, all they have to do is, like, not screw up, but they can't get out of their own way. And it's just kind of like – I don't even know if Mississippi – I mean, I guess it is sort of a robbery game just because they play every year. But, like, it's kind of just more like – like, how is LSU, like, not way better than they are? Like, you know, like, that's usually, like, the talking point around Mississippi State fans when it comes to LSU. Interesting, interesting. Uh, this could be, I mean, I, I know everybody probably thinks LSU is better than Mississippi State on paper, but, I mean, Mississippi State get, uh, isn't – they're not a slouch team. Uh, they're not a horrible team. They're still a pretty respectable team, and this game's at 
Dave Sway and Starkville. So, I mean, there's the fans are going to be loud for this game. I'm assuming you're going to be at this game whole. Um, so, I'm just saying, like, I think this is one of those games that LSU could could overlook, especially kind of because it's sandwiched between Florida and Auburn. I think it's one of those games you LSU could overlook and Mississippi State could sneak out of the win. Yeah, I definitely, you know, I definitely could see your line of thinking there. Um, you know, it's just for me, I just don't really – I need to see Mississippi State's offense take that next step forward before I really think they will. I mean, this game last year, uh, Mississippi State's offense was – Absolutely dreadful. I mean, this honestly may have been their worst offensive performance of the year, and that is saying a lot, uh, considering how bad they were on offense last year. They went down to Baton Rouge last year. Nick Fitzgerald threw four picks. Um, they just – they were absolutely terrible, and their defense played a great game, but but it didn't matter because, you know, their offense had given LSU the ball in, you know, good field position. Um, you know, it was just a really – you know, I know for me, like, as a fan, it was a very frustrating game to watch last year, being a Mississippi State fan, but – you know, I just don't – I don't see the playmakers on Mississippi State's offense that are going to be able to – you know, I just don't think they're going to be able to throw the ball at all on, on LSU. I mean, we need to see one of State's quarterbacks step up. We need a receiver to step up that will be – you know, be able to create separation. I just don't think that's going to happen against LSU. And they're going to – LSU is going to be able to key in on the run game. And even though it's at home Mississippi State, I mean, I just think LSU is a better team. Is it that simple, JB? LSU is a better team. They're going to win this game. Or do you play into the crowd just a little bit here? Uh, for this one, uh, LSU, the, to me, kind of a uh, possible trap game for LSU. Playing uh, Florida at home the week before, which I think is coming off an emotional victory. And then they've got Auburn at home the following week, who I think Auburn will be a one-loss team coming into Baton Rouge at that point. Um, this is kind of a trap game, and uh, I think Mississippi State at this point, they're probably going to be a 4-2 and two team. Uh, their backs are going to be kind of against the wall. They're going to be looking for a big win. And uh, this is – and, you know, we always go back and talk about Ed Orgeron's teams always seem to slip up once a season. This is the game that they are going to slip up and lose that they shouldn't. I'm going to go with the Mississippi State Bulldogs here in an upset, going bold here. I like that, JB. And the, the ironic – Part of this whole thing is I'm gonna pick Mississippi State too. So hold the Mississippi State alum and fan is the only one picking against Mississippi State. But I feel like that's actually a true Mississippi State fan move. Is you you just never have confidence in Mississippi State. No, I mean I I did pick uh, Mississippi State to be LSU last year before the season started, uh, but I did not realize that Mississippi State's offense was going to be so terrible and it was going to be such a total restart for them. Um, but you know, I mean that being said. Other than, like, the last two years have not necessarily been close games. But before that, it was kind of a good streak of, like, close games every year between Mississippi State and LSU. Um, you know, even though LSU got the better end of most of those, it was still usually a pretty competitive game. Um, but, you know, I mean, I I mean, I could see Mississippi State winning this game, uh, but it's going to have to be with their defense. Um, I think their defense is going to have to play a really good game. And uh, I just – but I just don't – Joe Moorhead's offense relies so much on explosive plays, and I just don't think that they have the guys to make explosive plays against this defense. I mean, maybe against like some – they'll be able to take a step forward this year against maybe some less talented defenses, but against LSU, I just don't see how they're going to be able to create explosive plays in the passing game to get a win in this one. And, I mean, defense is going to have to play absolutely dominant. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it could be a long shot, but it could happen. Hold the the fans do the cowboy cowbells do play a little bit into that. Um, let's move on to the next game, Auburn um, at Tiger Stadium. But this is LSU, not Auburn. 
So let's uh, let's talk about this one for a second, JB. Right. Uh, going in this one, I think Auburn and LSU are both going to have a loss. And uh, I think this is going to be an elimination game, not just in the SEC West, but potentially in the college football playoff, uh, depending on how you know, the seasons go for, you know, other teams in the Power Five. So this is a huge game for both. Uh, I think LSU definitely has the advantage. I really like the matchup. Um, like the matchup I'm really looking forward to is the uh, LSU defense against offense. I think LSU's defense is going to be able to make some plays against the Auburn's offense at home to uh, really uh, keep the crowd in it. But also uh, LSU's offense against Auburn's defense. I think Auburn's defense has the edge. Defense is one of the best in the country. I think it's really two evenly matched teams here going into it. But I got LSU winning in a really close one, and probably I think it'll be just another classic. Hulk. Um, yeah, I'm actually going to go with Auburn in this one. Uh, surprising to everyone, including myself. Um, I just, for some reason, I just have a gut feeling that Auburn's going to be pretty decent this year. Um, we talked about on uh, our last preview with Ole Miss, I believe, that um, Gus Malzahn really does seem to do best with the first-year quarterback, and he has uh, two guys uh, fighting for that job who both have some athletic ability. And uh, their offensive line is – I think the starting five is solid. But if they have any injuries, I, I think they could, you know, fall off quick because I don't think they have a lot of depth there. But I just – I really think that they're going to be able to run the ball this year. Um, I don't think they're going to try to attack LSU secondary too much, but I think it's the strength of the team. I think they're going to run a lot of zone read and a lot of RPO type stuff and just, like – you know, basically like pound the ball and, you know, maybe find a couple of open receivers down the field. But for the most part, I think they're going to be able to run the ball and their quarterback's going to have a big game running the ball, whether it's Gatewood or Knicks. And, um, you know, I just – I think Gus Malzahn's is coaching for his job right now, and I think he's just totally going to take over the offense this year. And I just think we're going to get back to seeing more what we saw towards the beginning of his team as far as what they are on offense with the dual-threat quarterback. And um, I think that they're going to – big game and I mean not score a ton of points but you know I think that their defense is going to actually be what carries them in this game as JB was saying but you know I hate to give some answer but I just think Auburn's defense is going to shine LSU's offense in this one uh, and uh, I think that you know this is the third big game in a row for LSU's defense and I think they're finally going to let up a little bit and let Auburn have some some big plays on the ground who forced me again Holt and JB uh, I'm actually going to pick Auburn as well. So that's two losses for LSU in a row with Mississippi State and Auburn. Um, I think we would have picked differently. We all picked differently independently, but this is how we come together for a, um, our predictions. So um, that's two losses in a row. And that's what, six and two, three, four, five, six and two going to Alabama. Um for the big rivalry. And we talked about this earlier, how this is, prob- I guess, their biggest game of the year. And what I like most about this is that you were saying this earlier, Holt, that LSU doesn't have a true rival- rivalry or rival game. And um, this is probably the closest thing they have to it. This is something that's kind of um, organic. This one kind of just happened over the years because LSU and Alabama have just been the usually have been the two best teams in the West and usually been competing for the SEC championship or the national championship so that's what i like about this rivalry game the most um this one's gonna be tough and i'm not sure if lsu can win but i'm still pretty excited about it um hope 
Do you think they can score more than 10 points this year? Well, that's really the question. I mean, to me, the question isn't whether or not they're going to beat Alabama because I really just don't think that they're even close right now. Um, but, I mean, I think they can get to 10 points. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'll have Alabama winning this one, like, uh, I'll say 27 to 13. Be fourth quarter garbage points. They're going to be, like, shut out through three quarters, though. Or I think it's going to be, like, a field goal in there. I think there might be a field goal in the first quarter, and then the touchdown will come in, like, the fourth quarter. See, I could see uh, LSU having, like, a – like Alabama fumbling on a kickoff and LSU having like a scoop and score, like in the first quarter and then like kind of be in it. And then Alabama just kind of pull away in the second half. JB, how much is Alabama going to win by? Well, going into this, I think what LSU really needs, like for LSU to have a chance in this game, I think they need to score at least a minimum of 20 points to be in it. I think LSU's defense is going to be on the field a lot in this one. I think they're going to be able to, uh, you know, keep LSU in it for the most part through most of this game. I think the gap is definitely closed a little bit from last year to this year. I think Alabama's going to be much better, but LSU's going to be much better too. Or I, actually, you know, I'll say Alabama's going to be better, but I think LSU will be much better. But uh, I think LSU, to me, I think they're going to get about 13 points. And ironically, I have the exact same scores hold. I have 27-13 for Alabama in this one as well. I think it's going to be a lot closer than last year. I think – LSU does get a touchdown, but I think this touchdown will come from the hands of the offense, but it'll be because of a, a turnover, a fumble from Alabama on their own territory that LSU is able to capitalize on. But after that, it'll just be two field goals. It'll be hard, hard, hardly fought. But I think this game will go into the fourth quarter this year. But I just think that Alabama will be able to score just enough, you know, to pretty much stay in control. JB, you are the, the worst at answering direct questions. <laughs> Because I did ask a simple question of how many points do you think – or how many points is Alabama going to beat LSU by? <laughs> I think you already had in your mind what you were going to say. But that's okay. I mean, that's what we, what we have here for is the, the uh, analysis and commentary. So, um, I'm just going to learn to not ask you any direct questions anymore. <laughs> All right. So, that's six and three. Three straight losses for LSU after starting six and oh. Um, three easy games – or I would say three easy. Two easy games in Texas A&M at the end of the year. Um, at Ole Miss in Arkansas. I think these are probably going to be both easy wins. I don't think we're going to talk about these for too long. I'll let, I'll let Holt talk about Ole Miss, and, J.B., you can talk about Arkansas just for a little bit. So, Holt, lead us off with Ole Miss. Yeah, well, as we were talking about earlier, I mean, this is uh, a rivalry game for Ole Miss especially. I don't know if it's a huge rivalry game for LSU, but it's definitely a game that they look forward to. Um, you know, obviously going up to Oxford is – you know, a cool experience and, and all that stuff. I just – I'm not really sure how good I expected. Obviously, we already did the Ole Miss preview, and I think I had them going like 4-8. and eight. Um, So, I'm not super sold on uh, what Ole Miss is going to be this year. Um, I don't really know what their identity is going to be with, with Rich Rodriguez. Um, you know, I mean, I think they have some talent on offense, um, but I don't think they have enough talent on offense to really do anything against LSU. And I just think that LSU is going to be able to pound away at, at that Ole Miss defense that should be, you know, probably a little beat up by this time of the year. And, um, you know, they are returning some guys. They're not going to be quite as bad defensively as they were last year. I think they're going to take a step forward. But I still think that LSU is going to be able to run the ball pretty much at will against Ole Miss. And they should probably win this game by, like, two touchdowns. If not more. Yeah. I was thinking more like 17, I guess. I'll, I'll say, like, 17. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like an LSU beating, like, you – don't just destroy them like Alabama, but you like the game's never close. You just it's just like you don't get any first downs. Just how it goes. I got your hope. 
Uh, JB, tell me about this Arkansas game, unless you think Ole Miss is going to beat LSU. Just go ahead and talk about Arkansas. Yeah, last year, uh, Arkansas really gave LSU a fight in this one. Uh, it was a <clears throat> really close game throughout. And, but LSU, you know, it was one of those games that they just kind of played to the level of the competition. Like, Holt and I have alluded to, like, Orton is always up for that one game that he loses that he shouldn't. And you could also say he's up for a game that he plays a game closer against, and, you know, an opponent that he shouldn't play a close game against. But I don't think it's the case this year. I think uh, he uh, takes care of and wins by double digits. Easy win. Two easy wins. That'll help out the LSU faithful. And they have the revenge game this year against a and um, I think it's the Saturday, not the Friday, after Thanksgiving. Um, this this time it's at LSU. Um, revenge game just because seven overtimes last year and a and finally won. Um, I think LSU's coming strong for this game, Holt. Yeah, I do too. Um, this should be a really, really exciting game. Um, these are two really talented teams. Um, I just think LSU is a little bit closer to their ceiling. I think Texas A&M may still be a year away uh, under Jimbo. Um, and plus, this game is in Baton Rouge. So, I'm going to go with LSU in this one. Um, I do expect A&M to take a step forward this year. Um, but I just think that LSU on the road is going to be a little bit too much for them. JB, tell me about the Texas A&M offense versus LSU defense because that's kind of Jimbo's specialty, and we do expect Kellen Mond to take a step forward again this year. Yeah, Kellen Mond is a really good uh, quarterback. I mean, I think he's a good NFL prospect. He's he's definitely improved with his uh, decision-making from uh, his freshman year uh, under Sumlin. Uh, Jimbo Fisher has definitely helped groom him into a really solid college football quarterback, and I think A&M's offense will be able to definitely – you know, score some points on this LSU defense. I mean, I think it would be a very competitive game all four quarters. But like you said, uh, this is another a revenge game for LSU. I feel like we've got two of the three games that they lost. These are the two that stung the most was A&M and Florida. And they get both of them at home this year. So revenge game number two, I like. I, I give the edge to LSU here. I think LSU is going to be 9-2. and A&M is going to be 8-3. and three. Um, Both of them are probably – for a spot in a New Year's Six Bowl. Winner gets New Year's Six. I like LSU in this one. I think they finish at 10 and 2. So let's let's recap this. So that's uh, – we consensus the way we predict finish 9 and 3. But I think individually we have them different. So the debate comes along Florida, Mississippi State, and Auburn, those three games. Um, so those three games, I think we all think they're going to lose one. But I don't think we're. I don't think we all think we're. They're going to lose three. So I, I, would y'all both say that they're probably going to lose two of those three games, or do you think they're going to go three and zero, oh, or what? What do you think for those three? Well, I think they're going to split the uh, the four games that I think are toughest besides Texas uh, between Florida, at Mississippi State, Auburn, and A and M. I think split those and go two and two. I've got LSU losing at Mississippi State and um, at Alabama. Those are the losses they have. But actually, so not not split. They're going to go three and one in those games. But I got LSU at ten and two with losses to at Mississippi State and at Alabama. Hold. Yeah, I got uh, LSU at ten and two with losses to Auburn at home and Alabama on the road, back to back games. Um, you know, but I I think they could definitely lose a couple of those games. Uh, you know, Texas A and M, Florida, at Mississippi State, and I think they. I mean, I think they could beat Auburn as well. And I mean, I wouldn't be like. Florida if they lost to Texas just because it's on the road and it's early in the season. Uh, but, 
I definitely do expect them to win that game. Uh, to me, like the how the season is going to play out is determined on that three game stretch between you know October twelfth and October twenty sixth. I mean, they got Florida at home, Mississippi State on the road, Auburn at home. You know, if they're able to win all three of those games, then you're talking about a playoff team uh, potentially. Um, Play- you know. I'm sorry, say it again. So if you're saying if they win those three games, you're definitely talking about a playoff game. I agree with you there. But you're talking about, like, possibly a one-versus-two matchup for LSU at Alabama in a very fun atmosphere, finally, at Bryant-Denny Stadium through four quarters. Yeah, I mean, it may be, you know, two-versus-three because Clemson may still be number one. Yeah. But I don't know. You know, it could be one-versus-three or, you know, two-versus-three or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, definitely um, – you know, it seems like every time LSU and Alabama play, it's always a big game, and I don't think it's going to be any different. Than... Yeah, I mean, if they win, if they're able to win all three of those games that I just was talking about, then you're talking about a team that even if they lose that game to Alabama, is still in a good position to make the playoff. In fact, you could argue that it might be better for them to lose, just because then at that point they would go to eleven and one. They wouldn't have to risk it at the SEC championship game, losing another game, and then you would have eleven and one. Uh, record beating solid teams in Texas, Florida, Auburn, and um, and uh, against you know the other Power Five teams probably aren't as strong. Their schedule, at least, that's what we always argue in SEC. Their schedule isn't as strong, so it's kind of like a, it's almost like a Georgia thing, except for Georgia loses the SEC championship game. But um, there there is a case for LSU if they do go eleven and one, losing to Alabama only for the playoff, and I think that would be kind of fun to argue about. Yeah, and I mean, I know that this is, like, really crazy, probably not going to happen, but, like, what if, like, LSU went 11-1 and and then Alabama, you know, was 12-0 and and Georgia was, like, 11-1 and and then Georgia beat Alabama in the SEC championship game? Like, they all had one loss. Like, like I know that, like, Georgia would obviously get in. Like, whoever wins the SEC is definitely going to get in, but, like, what if there's two other teams with one loss, like, between Georgia and LSU? Like, I mean, that's just – it's crazy to think about, like, you know, what could potentially happen. But – as, I, as JB said earlier, and I kind of agree, I definitely would not be surprised at all if LSU just lost, like, some random game that they, sh- they shouldn't lose and kind of, like, you know, ruin that for themselves. And I don't necessarily love their offense this year, so I could definitely see maybe a game where they just really struggle to get the ball moving and, you know, they give up, like, a pick six or a special teams touchdown or something and, you know, are just really up against it. I just – I don't believe in the preseason hype for LSU. They've disappointed me too many times. I, I like LSU. And I want them to do well, but they just disappointed me too many times that there's, like, top five, top ten rankings. So, I, I think they're going to go nine and three. And I think they could lose to Texas A&M, Florida, Mississippi State, or Auburn. I mean, obviously Alabama. But any of those games, I think they, they're going to lose three of the – two of those games plus Alabama is how I think they're going to end it up. So, we'll see. And then uh, Coach O will be still not in the hot seat, but just kind of in a – spot where they can't take LSU to the next level where they really want to be for the championship level. Um, so it'll be fun to watch. Um, good podcast, guys. Uh, last question is, we talked about LSU's defense. Do they have the best defense in SEC this year? I think so. I think LSU has the best defense in the country this year, honestly. JB? I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say the best in the SEC. Uh, but I think there's going to be – it's, I think it's really kind of a draw between LSU and Auburn this year for the best in the SEC. But, I mean, Alabama and Florida, even Georgia and South Carolina are really not that far behind either. I think Alabama, like, is going to take a step forward from last year's defense, which was the worst in the statement era in the last, you know, 10 years. Yeah. Also, second last question before we sign off here. JB, how many crystals did you eat for all-you-can-eat crystal? 
Well, I wish we had just saved that for a, uh, another podcast so I could talk about it because I really want to talk about it longer. Which, but, uh, just, we, we can talk about it later. Just give me, give me the number. And yeah, say, I, I finished with uh, 16 crystals. No regrets. No regrets. Actually, it did not affect my system as much as you would think. Are you going again this week? Because it's probably going to – I don't know when it's going to end, but it can't go on forever, but especially the way you buy them out or eat them out. No, I don't, I don't know how much longer the crystal will be doing that uh, special, but it's definitely one of the greatest specials that they've done. Do you think you'll make a trip to crystal this week, though? Uh, no, I won't. <laughs> it's all right if you, if you do. It's, uh, I mean, you got to take advantage of the deals when you can, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, judge you too much. Yeah, JB um JB's starting a new diet tonight. He's actually uh fasting in the evening. So he's only eating uh like earlier in the day. There you go. Well make sure you uh, add a little walking to that or something and you should be good. I've done that. Yep. I, I walk uh one point five miles a day now. There you go. New and improved JB for the football season. He's gotta get in shape for so he can sit 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 on his butt for twelve hours a day during college football. That's right. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll see you next time. Probably do a fun SEC West team next time, too. Until then, see you. Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend because there's plenty to go around. Oh, yeah.